Hello guys, so today we have a very special guest on our show to talk about today's topic, the narcissistic lover. She began a motivational and self-healing Instagram page after coming out of a relationship with a narcissist. And she also is a contributing writer of the books Daddy's Girls and Women, Amazing Women, It's Your Time to Emerge. Welcome Tanisha Moore. Thank you for being here with us today. Thank you very much for having me on your show today. I am so pleased to be here to talk to you. Welcome, Tanisha. <laughs> Great. So we're very excited because it's um, it's a specific topic. We are going to talk about narcissists. And uh, before that, I'd like you to tell us a little bit of how you learned about narcissism. Okay, so... Um, I learned about narcissism after really ending my relationship with a narcissist. Um, prior, my knowledge of narcissism really was, you know, I knew about the guy, the, the guy who fell in love with his reflection in the water. And that's all I really knew about narcissism. I didn't know that, you know, there were so many different elements to narcissism. Um, so, after breaking up with, you know, the sky, <laughs> I really learned what narcissism was. I did so much research and study on like everything I had experienced in that relationship. And that's when like I was really like made aware of what narcissism really was. Could you explain to us really quickly what is narcissism and a narcissist lover? Okay, so a narcissistic lover, <laughs> um, they're really about them, like no one else. It's all about them. Um, when you first meet them, you know, you kind of fall head over heels because they just kind of like love bomb you. Um, they tell you everything that, you know, you want or, or they feel you need to, to hear. Um, and it's normally because they want you to tell them those same things back so you're so wonderful you're so amazing you're so beautiful and then you're like oh my god no you're so amazing you're so wonderful you're so beautiful and that's you know they get they get um they get what it's called um a supply and so they need this supply to to really continue on because they don't have it within themselves to give to themselves so they get it from their actual supply which was me at the time okay so so that is mean that you were not aware of him being a narcissist when you were in the relationship you you kind of like discover that afterwards when you break up with this person Yes, because there are different phases. So you have the love bombing phase, right? And this mm -hmm. is where they, this is where they get you like in their clutches. Like they, 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 they swoon you. They, they, you know, they make you feel like you're the most beautiful, most important, most amazing person in the world. And then after that phase, it goes into what is called a devaluation phase. Now during this phase, um, everything that was so wonderful and amazing and beautiful about you, it becomes the problem. <laughs> you know, everything that, that you thought they admired about you, 
it becomes like, oh, you know, they start picking at your self-esteem and they start trying to break you down and it's to gain more control over you in the relationship. And so the person that's in a narcissistic relationship is always pretty much trying to fight to get the approval of the narcissist because now um, if you're a, like a really weak person, it um, you you look to them for like, you know, you want to impress them. You want to make them, you want to feel the way you feel when you first started the relationship. And um, that's how they really gain control over you. Um, but if you're a strong person and, you know, you have confidence, you start pushing back a little bit. And, and that's when I, I did, I started pushing back. And once I started pushing back, um, that's when the mask kind of starts falling off and you start to see who they are um, in real time, real life. What, what was then the point when you said, I got to do something? Well, when I started feeling like, um, starting to question who I was as a person, when I started to look at myself and say, hey, I mean, Am I really starting to look ugly or am I am I starting to to lose my appeal or, you know, everything that he started saying to me that was putting me down? I started to really do self-examination of myself, which I always do. And I was just like, no, I mean he's just picking out like physical stuff. Like it's not who I am as a person and everything that he said before is contradictory to what he's saying now. And that's when I was starting to like really think about it and say, Hey, no, this is not right. Could you, if, if you're comfortable, could you share something that he would criticize you on like an example? <laughs> Yes. Um, okay. So I love wearing high heel shoes. I've worn high heels my whole life. Right. And so I, I, on, on a couple of my toes, I, I, I formed some corns on my toes because, you know, they rub in the, you know, on the shoe over, over a period of years. And I remember, you know, one day he just specifically looked at my corns, which I, I mean, I don't really show my corns when I'm wearing shoes, but he he noticed that and he knew I was a little self-conscious about it. And that's the thing. They pick out the flaws that they know that you are most, you know, insecure about because Achilles heels. Exactly. <laughs> and so he's he, almost he, literally here. <laughs> yes. And so he says, aren't you don't you care about, you know, what people think about your corns? And, you know, I, at the time I thought, oh my God, did he really just say that? Like, that's something that's really not that important in the big scheme of things. I, I mean, if I had a hunch, you know, on my back and I was like kind of walking cripply or something like that, that'd be one thing. But 
I, you know, the corn thing, I just really took it personal because he knew that I was really sensitive about, I don't like corns. I don't like the corns that I have on my toes, but they're there. And, you know, that was one of the things that I was just like, that was kind of mean spirited. So it was little things that like that, um, that, that really like fractured my, you know, um, confidence I will say it did fracture my confidence a little bit because here a person that you love you know speak to you in that manner and criticize something that's really not that important you know it just felt really demeaning on some level let's so I think it's important just to make sure we differentiate someone who's might be just pointing out something as a concern or as opposed to attacking you. Because I can see also somebody who cares for you saying, hey, um, you forgot, like your haircut is kind of different or kind of not, not done the way that you'll usually like it. But maybe it's because the person didn't notice that they got a bad haircut. You know, So I think, should we, how do we know when the narcissist is becoming a more villainous than actual a concerned partner. So, okay. Aside from criticizing me on just different stuff, like he would even pick at my weight at times, you know, but he would also talk about other people in his family, which I thought was even crueler. Like, I'm just like, what? Oh, like comparing you? Not comparing me, but he would just come home sometimes and say, you know, my daughter's makeup was just, it was basically like she looked hideous, you know, and I would I would say, well, do, you know, you being her father, you just went to lunch with her. You know, mm. you spent a whole day with her. Did you mention that to her? You know, you don't have to say, oh, your makeup look hideous. Right. There's ways that you can say things to a person to show concern, like like, honey, you know, maybe you should, you know, lighten up the the eyebrow whatever <laughs> um i see nothing is ever perfect for him basically exactly mm -hmm. and and that's what it is with the narcissist they're never they they're they have this perfect ideal of what their mate should be or who they should be and when that person fails to be that person that's when they're kind of like disinterested and you know, they're like looking, they, they look at you differently. Like you did something wrong or you disappointed them or you failed them. I have a funny question though. Do you, was he perfect? Was he hot? Like, was he like <laughs> awesome in every way? No, he was not perfect. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I mean, you know what? He was a very, very handsome man and I cannot take that away from him. That's, the main thing he had going for him, I think, um, he was not in like, he didn't even work out. So he wasn't like in the oh. best physical shape and he had a large gut. Right. But I never <laughs> once, never once said, Hey honey, you need to get into the gym. You need to, you need to work out a little bit, you know, never, ever because it's what, wait, what if you said to him, uh, looking, have you looked at your belly? Like whenever they <laughs> complain about your weight, like, have you ever, like, what happens when you say something like that to him? Um, okay. Anything that I would, if I said anything, even out of concern, 
And I know, I know how to talk to people where I'm giving them, you know, constructive criticism or just telling them something from the heart or just from concern, you know, just natural concern. Anything that you say to a narcissist, they do not take criticism well. So it's almost like you have gash them with this big sword or something Mm -hmm. like they really take offense to it and so you know I never did that but there were times where he would tell me something about you know maybe someone in his family and I would say well maybe they feel this way because blah 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 he would get so angry with me and like even to the point where he was like it sounds like you're taking their side And I'm like, no, I'm not taking their side, but I'm just offering a perspective that you may not, you know, understand or see at the moment. And it was just like, he didn't even receive that well. Yes. So they hate me. (laughs) So they have the right to criticize you, but they don't take criticism like very in a good way, actually. That's right. Correct. Um, the narcissists, they have this, this um, in, entitlement or they have this thing where they feel superior to others. So, yeah, they can say whatever they want to you. And I remember there were like towards the end when I was really getting fed up with just all the um, the jabs, you know, they, they do that really well. They, you know, say something, you know, I'm really good at quick retorts, but I would never do that. But once I got towards the end where I was just frustrated and I was like, I'm not taking this anymore, (laughs) you know, and I would, you know, jab back. He would say something like, wow, that was a low blow. And I'm like, well, you can dish it out, but you can't take it, you know? So it was one of those type of of things. And I remember once saying, look, I really don't want us to get into this area where we're like, you know, going after each other. Cause that's just, I mean, it just, it, it started out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden it was like, I was at war with this person that I was, I felt like I was so harmonious with like that. We were like the perfect pair, but it was all an act all in that <laughs> how long were you were how long were you together we were together for uh almost three years um so so i'm curious about um how you managed to cope with that and i would say even like from taking the decision to leave this person but also after because we all know that um dealing with a heartbreak is always complicated but when you realize that it was a narcissist and you kind of start also to question that, did he really love me all this time or was he just like playing with me to have control over me? So how did you manage to you know, deal with that after the breakup? So once it was over and I really wanted to start the healing process, which was really very hard for me, um, someone introduced me to a book. Um, it was called Psychopath Free. Uh, healing from, you know, um, emotional abusive relationships with narcissists, sociopaths, and other toxic people. To till this day, I still call that book 
the Bible of, you know, really breaking down narcissism and narcissistic behavior. Um, I read that book and literally I felt like this person had like a video camera on me and, you know, my ex and just watched us throughout the whole relationship because everything I read from beginning to end from, from the, you know, love bombing phase to the devaluation phase. And then when the mask fell off, I'm like, Oh my God, this is my, this is my relationship here. This is how it started. This is how it ended, you know? And can you share the most important thing you learned from that book? Yes. The most important thing that I learned from that book is that, um, one narcissist will never change. Well, like it's like a light switch. Once you turn, well, no, not like a light switch. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. When, once a narcissist becomes a narcissist, there's no going back. They're narcissists basically forever. And, you know, it's nothing that anyone can do. It's no medication for it. I mean, you can definitely go through therapy to try to work on your, you know, narcissism if, if you're aware of it, but most narcissists, they don't, they don't either know, or they don't care to get help for themselves because they don't think they need it. Okay. Um, and everything that they've ever told you was a, it was a facade. It's, it's a lie. It wasn't, it wasn't the truth. Um, what they need is supply and they will be with whomever can give them that supply and like a drug addict. Yeah. Like a drug addict. Once that supply is up, the, like the gig is up, the jig is up, whatever they are immediately looking for a new supply to replace you. And that was the harsh reality of, um, the healing process for me, knowing that everything that I poured into that relationship, everything that I thought was real, um, was not real on his part, everything on my part was, but on his part, it just wasn't. And that was just that, that was heartbreaking. And then I would say just feeling the betrayal of a narcissist is probably the most, for me, the hardest part of the, the healing process for me. Okay. Um, I'd like to know, so you, I want to say like you were self-aware at that time and like you were, can I say like confident enough that you kind of like didn't question walking away from him at some point because you realized that it was a toxic relationship. Do you have, um, I don't know, let's say like two or three red, red flags that you can share to someone that is not that self-aware or actually is she's like afraid of leaving this relationship because I don't know, like self-insecure or like no, not a lot of self-love, but what would be like the two or three red flags that she can like see in this relationship and she can start like questioning herself around this. Or he, right? I'm assuming there are yeah, women. He, I'm are saying nurses, she, right? but it's just, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think it's just really, you have to really pay attention to, like, most narcissists, they want to move really quick with everything. So they're, I mean, they're, they're, they're telling you, oh, you know, let's get married. I mean, they, they want to move into uh, this, they want to get you in their clutches as quick as they can. So 
anybody that's trying to like move like super fast, that's a red flag for me, <laughs> you know? Um, and then someone who doesn't really um, take criticism well, um, that's another red flag, you know? And, you know, someone who is constantly talking about others in a negative way or um, just have negative this negative things to say about others i think that's also another red flag someone who's just really self-absorbed they're not really concerned about what you have to say but it's all about what they're telling you and that's to me that's how you can kind of identify that hey this person may be a little narcissistic you know i might have met someone who was borderline than narcissist he was not everything that you mentioned um, because he did show some empathy to other people. But I question now if the empathy that he was showing was so that he looked, hey, everybody, I'm showing empathy, you know, mm. and we can go, you know, there's a philosophy behind it, like helping people kind of help you sometimes. And there's a whole philosophy around it. But now I'm questioning whether that it was, you know, if that person was almost borderline narcissistic, because I do remember him also saying, hey, let's like, let's go fast, you know, let's get together, let's live together. And I knew that I was like, it sounds wrong. Like, I don't know why. Like, he was very self-conscious of his hair. And if I said anything about his hair, like he would just <laughs> blow up out of nowhere. Yeah, you know what, you know, the thing about it is, we as humans, all of us have narcissistic tendencies, right? But there is a difference between having a tendency and being like a full-blown narcissist. And you, I mean, the more time you spend with a person, you can, you, you will be able to, to tell the difference, you know? And it's, it's, it's really strange because, you know, when I first met him, I mean, he created, this let's go get married in the Canary Islands. It was just so extreme. And, you know, of course I was like, oh my God, that'd be so beautiful, you know, but, you know, they will sell you a dream and, you know, bait you, you know, and if you fall for it and they know they have you in their clutches, then game over pretty much. They, they have, they, they've succeeded in what they wanted to do. What do you do then? I'm assuming you've dated healthier men after this guy. What do you do when you start seeing narcissistic tendencies? Not, you know, full-blown narcissist, but what, what happens when you see those tendencies now? Um, when I see any type of narcissistic tendencies from a man that I'm, I'm trying to get to know, I really run the opposite direction. Um, wow. <laughs> Um, it's, you know, and, and that's, it's kind of scary because, you know, I don't want to be that person like, okay, every guy I talk to, you're a narcissist because you, you know, you, like I said, you, people have narcissistic tendencies. They may say something that sounds narcissistic, but doesn't mean that they are narcissists. You have to really get to know a person in order to know if they're really a narcissist or not. But I mean, there are some quick giveaways that, you know, you can kind of like, okay, that. If it doesn't feel right, like you you mentioned earlier, Eric, like it like it just didn't it just felt like it was 
too contrived or just like too quick. Like, no, this is not how it's supposed to go. When you feel that feeling, that's your gut feeling trying to protect you and you just push back like, no, you know, and I felt like in the beginning I did that. I, I, this person did not step foot into my house until like eight months after I, I knew him. Um, and I didn't, I moved really, really slow, but he, they're so manipulative and they're so crafty and they're, they're very cunning. And you know, the, the covert narcissist is the, the guy I think you're referring to Eric, where they, the outside appearance is the most important appearance. And so they want everyone from the outside to see how wonderful and good of a person that they are. Right. But behind closed doors, really they're a monster raving raging you know um and and they they are going to be the picture perfect person um on camera on social media and in front of you know whomever they have to put on a show for that is the covert narcissist personality there um so tanisha you mentioned earlier that um one book helped you a lot um uh, you know dealing with that Do you have another, like others, um, like thing that help you, you know, heal from this relationship? Okay, so aside from the book that I mentioned earlier, Psychopath Free, Recovering from Emotionally Abusive Relationships with Narcissists, Sociopaths, and Other Toxic People, there are so many other resources out there on YouTube and Instagram. Um, one, Jess Stanley, she's on uh, YouTube and she's phenomenal. This woman literally saved my life. She's so knowledgeable about narcissism, narcissistic relationships. She was actually in a narcissistic relationship with someone. So she gives you the total breakdown, everything imaginable <laughs> that you could, you know, want to know about narcissism. She has the answer for you. Um, there's also Danish Bashir who's on Instagram and Stephanie Lynn coaching. She's also on Instagram and these three together. If you listen to these individuals every single day and you have been affected by Um, a narcissistic, you know, relationship dealing with, you know, trauma bonding or anything related to, you know, emotional healing from being in a narcissistic relationship. These three people will help you get through that. Thank you. Um, we will add um, the link in the description so you can have access to the videos as well. Thank you so much, Tanisha, for like sharing your story. It was so insightful. Eric, Lorianne, thank you so much for having me on the show today. I really had a great time. It was a pleasure talking to you today. And thank you again for having me on the show. Thank you for sharing. If you want to learn more about Tanisha's inspirational journey, you can follow her on Instagram at Moza Motivational Bites, where she shares motivational videos and quotes. And we will add the link also in the description of the episode. And like always, if you have any question or comments for us, please send us an email to asaivupodcast at gmail.com. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you.